Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, joined today by Tristan Kuhn. He covers all things Raiders. I'm happy to have him on today. We're also brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the mobile app today. All right, Tristan, first of all, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, You do a lot with recruiting, college football. You're into all of that. Raiders Scout on IG. Um, What first of all, is the most exciting thing for you right now with the draft coming up ahead? Um, Honestly, just the draft in general. Like, <laughs> so looking forward to it. It's, you know, been since January, it's really been something I've been looking forward to and to have it almost right here finally. Yeah, I mean, it is almost here finally, but what, 10 days away or less here as I look at the calendar. Yeah, um looking forward to seeing what happens right now with that number seven pick. And so what I'm curious about too, is in that, like there's some, and so much talk about what could happen with Houston, so much talk about what could happen with the Cardinals. Do you feel like the Raiders are potential suitors right now to get into that spot, whether it's trading with Houston or trading with the Cardinals, how much do you feel like they'll make that push to try to move up? I think so Houston, I don't buy at all that they're, considering taking Will Anderson. Um, I know, and I think other people know, that they're in love with Tyree Wilson, too. So I could honestly see a situation at seven play out where we trade down with them and pick up some more picks that way. If I think the Colts uh, end up jumping up to three. They just, you know, we've seen years past with the uh, Bears there for Trubisky. They just jump up one spot um, to secure their guy. And, you know, people think, like, why would they do it? He's just going to be available later. But it's the whole concept of the Cardinals are going to trade out of three, I think. It's either going to be us, maybe the Eagles. I don't think so, though. Um, maybe the Lions, if they really are in love with someone like Will Anderson and they want to jump the Seahawks or if the Titans really want to get aggressive. So I just don't think that the Raiders are going to be willing to outbid anyone. You know, Dave Ziggler's never been the guy that, like, he's going to go out and show you know that he's willing to put all his chips on the table basically no no plans in there but i feel like he's just not going to be the guy that gives up a first this year first next year multiple day two picks it just doesn't seem like him yeah i feel the more likely scenario is that they would move down or just stay and see what happens at seven um lots of talk right now about the possibility that the consensus number one will be bryce young and that the first cornerback taken out of the market will be Devin Witherspoon, uh, according to betting trends, if you follow that. So I don't know how accurate that is, or if it's smoke leading up to it to throw everybody else off and say, okay, well, like for instance, with the Raiders, if Witherspoon isn't there, then what do we do? I would suppose that they would look at Christian Gonzalez, but what's your take? I personally don't think Gonzalez is a total fit at Oregon they were running a lot of soft coverage a lot of zone um in Colorado was the opposite he was running a lot of man and he just he didn't he wasn't good at Colorado um I was surprised like when he transferred to Oregon but I think if they're if Witherspoon's off the table which seems could happen at six to the Lions because I mean he's basically the definition of a Dan Campbell guy yeah. um 
I think in that case, you either take someone like Tyree Wilson if he's available and you figure out how to use the D-line that way, or you move down with the Texans, for example, and or the Titans or someone, and you get Joey Porter Jr., who I think could be the best corner from the class. He's a middle ground between Gonzalez and Witherspoon. You know, he's as big as Gonzalez. He's add more weight. He's not as much of an athlete. He's more of an athlete like with this spoon, but he plays so aggressive and he's so new to the corner position, playing it for like two, three years already. That there's just there's a lot of potential there. Awesome. Who else do you see as having a lot of potential and being a fit for the Raiders, whether it's in the first or the second round at 38? Um, how they kind of maneuver around and what happens like so what happens on the first pick is what I'm wondering. Like, how does that first pick then determine maybe what could happen at 38 with just their next one down see i don't really i don't really think it matters much at all um, okay. corner is the only where i could see where it kind of matters because if you go a corner at seven or whatever you're not probably going to take another one at 38 as bad as the db room is you still got to let guys like nate hobbs you know duke shelley david long mm-hmm. you got Tyler Hall. these guys still get their opportunity to play um but I could see if they go corner that first round, the second round really is just best player available. Even if, even if it's an offensive lineman, which no one really wants, but if it's a D tackle linebacker, even a safety, they all, all those picks make sense. Um, but like just some guys on top of my head, I really like the fit of Drew Sanders. I really like the, I mean, I really like the fit of like the top four linebackers, Sanders, Henley, Simpson, and Campbell, all four of them really fit with Patrick Graham likes. Um, Corner really depends. There's so many guys. But I really, really like the fit of Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. He's big, physical, total athlete, nose tackle, three tech. He just, I mean, he fits exactly what uh, Patrick Graham wants. He wants that run defender, but he wants that guy that can rush the passer too. Love it. That's one of the areas, obviously, that I think everybody is looking at. How will the defense be shaped through the draft? And there are a ton of great prospects this season. Uh, when you look, especially at cornerback, I think there's a lot of guys to pull from. Um, I've talked to some people that seem to think defensive tackle is probably one of the thinnest um I mean, um, excuse me, position groups that the draft has to offer this season. What are your thoughts on that? I think it depends because this year is the probably the first year that we've really seen. There's four guys that are a tweener between D tackle and edge. And I don't think I've really, we've really seen that much before, you know, Adebowari from Northwestern, he's new to the D tackle position, basically Mike Morris from Michigan. He's almost six ten. Well, I think he's six, seven, you know, he's a big guy, but he's new to that. He'd be new to that D tackle position. Um, I know Tuli Tuliapoto from USC, he dropped yeah. weight, but I still think his best fit is on the inside in the NFL. Um, I know he's 260, probably need to give him up like 280. But, and you, you also got um, Keon White from, you know, uh, Georgia Tech. Like, it's just a bunch of guys that are tweeners. And there's not a ton of top-end talent this year outside of Jalen Carter. I'm not huge on Kalaja Kansi. He's kind of got some problems with the run game. But I like I like the depth, like uh, second round to that fourth or fifth round. There's a lot of guys that you can find and become plug and play starters. You're not going to there's maybe one like top five D tackle is Jalen Carter. But after that, it's just a bunch of good guys. OK, so I have to ask you about this because it's in your Twitter profile. Fullback enthusiasts, who are your top three fullbacks of all time? <laughs> um, 
whole time is tough because I like I haven't I played fullback, but I haven't really like followed okay. many of them. Um, I can't really name three off the top of my head. But, <laughs> uh, just I'm going to put just for the namesake, John Kuhn. Not related in any way, but he's okay. there just for the namesake. Okay. Um. So uh, as you've been writing, I'll... oh, go ahead. I, now that I think about it, I, you could probably make a case that Juice Jack is on there too. All right. All right. Like it's that. Not... One of my favorite all time was like uh, Mike Allstott and yeah, Tom yeah, Rathman. Yeah. And yeah, um, no, yeah. No, there's a lot. Obviously, Marcel Reese had some good runs too with yeah. the Raiders, so there's, yeah. there's some good fullbacks to be had. And <laughs> it's the, I mean, position, the positions though. changed. The positions yeah. changed so much. Yeah. It's, like, it's you no longer. I mean, yeah, you do. You have some blockers. Like there's you know Jakob Johnson, for example, is just a total right. blocking fullback. But like a lot of fullbacks nowadays are guys that you can put out wide somehow and they catch passes, and it's just changed so much because it, it's gone from like a large running back that could block to now being like a undersized tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And it's, uh, like you said, with, uh, Jakob, it's interesting how much, you know, he's helped to open things up for that run game, particularly when I go back and look at Josh Jacobs's uh, 80 plus yard run in Seattle that helped win them the game. That was like, a huge block by him. I don't think his job is fully safe though. I do think that, I do think there's going to be a fullback competition in camp. There's a, there's a couple of guys this year that are decent. Um, okay. I really like Derek Parrish from Houston. I mean, he's like does everything, but how about PX by the big guy? But I don't really see them spending a sixth or seventh round pick on a fullback. It okay. Probably, I don't think the fan base would be too happy about it either. Yeah, everybody seems to have kind of gotten behind Jakob. They seem to really enjoy his time and uh, w- with the club. And, uh, you know, I know it was hard for him to come in too after you have Alec Ingold, who was beloved at that spot exactly, by the yeah. fans. I mean, Jakob's a better blocker, though. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. So right now, Josh Jacobs, he hasn't come through and signed the franchise tag, and therefore he's not coming through right now to the off-season workouts. When do you anticipate that that might be resolved and, you know, come to an agreement where we can see some happy medium there? Um... I think it's gonna happen soon, probably after all season workouts. I accidentally made a big deal out of it on Instagram. Um, and I quickly realized so he's never attended off season workouts other than his rookie season. Uh-huh. I might be wrong on that part too. He usually stays with his own trainer down in uh, Miami or Vegas. Um, so it's not really a surprise that he misses this. I think the team is going to want to focus. I don't think the team has any intention right now of talking through a contract. I think everything. In like in this moment, not in general, but I think right now it's all focused on the draft, focusing on especially those day three guys and like the undrafted guys. But I think as soon as that draft is over, they'll restart contracts. And I think I think it happens sooner than later, because if they were going to trade him, which I don't think is anywhere in the intention, he would probably be traded by now. Right. So then you have that draft capital. Granted, he would have to sign a franchise tag to be traded. But I think they just come back to the table after the draft work things out i don't think the raiders want to set the market i don't think they want to break the market for running back and i don't believe josh wants to be the highest paid running back either that's all of him though he you know that's what he wants um so it depends i don't if he wants to be the highest paid running back i think the contract talks would probably fall through 
And he's always said that he'll be happy uh, staying silver and black. But we also heard that before in the past, and that doesn't always pan out to be. So uh, as long as it gets done and he comes up and shows up for training camp, that's where I think all of Raider Nation can exhale <laughs> to the fact of, of seeing Josh Jacobs back out on the field. But um, as again, we come up to the draft, like if any team were to try to pursue him, you know, uh, and say, hey, you know, because it's a non-exclusive tag and any team was going to try to make an offer. I mean, the capital is quite a bit for that team to have to give up being two draft picks plus trying to one up the uh, the franchise tag and the money there because it's 10.089 million. It's almost 10.1. Yeah. So that's a lot for a team to have to come in at. Right. I think a team could just. Well, there's that if they just want to straight sign him on the franchise tag. But I think also they could agree on a contract in in essence. And then mm -hmm. they're like, all right, we'll trade you. You need to sign the franchise tag so the Raiders can trade you. And then once you're here, you'll sign this new long-term contract. I just don't see the Raiders really giving him the permission to seek a contract throughout the entire draft. And I don't think there's going to be teams that are going to be engaging in contract talks while they're trying to do the draft. Um so if a trade happens, it probably happened after, but I still don't think any anything happens there. Just draft aside, what have you thought about some of the moves that the Raiders made and bringing in Jacoby Myers, Jimmy G, and then also with Philip Dorsett and bringing back Brandon Faison? I mean, those are some interesting moves there. Just wondering what your take is so far as to how the complexion of the team is starting to look. It's like, you know, it's not going to be any top end guys. I don't really think that their intention was. Um is to build through the draft, which makes sense. You need to get young talent on cheap contracts because we've seen what's happened in the past when we go out and we pay Corey Littleton all this money, and he's the eighth highest paid player on the roster this year. Um, Nick Kwiatkowski, Carl Nett, like all these guys making way too much money. Um, so you got to get guys that you can supplement with free agency. I Brandon Faison's interesting because it's like a two-year deal, which yeah. – makes him seem like a starting corner but he's not a starting caliber corner so i'm interested to see what patrick graham wants to do there he's definitely like a man corner he fits that really well um i like marcus epps he allows Merrick to go back to strong safety which i think is what he needed um i'm jacoby myers is interesting i mean it's a lot of money invested in the wide receiver room but it's three guys that can do every single route concept you want and it's going to make a lot of uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense um i really like austin hooper he's not darren waller but at the end of the day i think you could make a case that austin hooper jacoby myers and the hundredth overall pick is more valuable to the team than darren waller um but you know we'll see that after the well i'll see this after this year really right uh, right and a couple more for me here, just as you started to mention Darren Waller, I think about that number 100 pick. And it's an interesting one because that's an area where obviously you can go a ton of directions. There's cornerbacks there that look good. There's you could go with a linebacker there, defensive tackle. There's a lot of obvious, you know, needs that the Raiders have and players that might fit around that spot. But when I start thinking about Darren Waller and the idea that they will need to probably find another tight end in the mix and, and bring somebody in from the draft, and this is a good tight end rich draft, is there anybody you see sitting around, whether it's the Darren Waller pick or somewhere else that you think they might make a plunge and, and go after a tight end? Yeah, as you said, this tight end class is insanely good. Um I would say Dalton Kincaid at 38, but he's got the injury problem. He's almost 25, and I just don't see them investing 
a tight end that high, especially in a class where it's not like Dalton Kincaid and this massive drop off. You know, it's Dalton Kincaid and then right below him is Luke Musgrave or Darnell Washington, who are like almost the same level. Um, I like Tucker Craft in that third round range. Um, Sam Laporta from Iowa, I'm really high on him. Brenton Strange from Penn State. I think the one that like I've consistently stuck with, and it's been just ever since I saw that he was basically six foot ten. Um, it's like Zach Kunz from Old Dominion. I mean, I don't know why he didn't get enough attention before the draft or before like the combine, and then the combine hits and he runs like a four. I think it was like a four four five forty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. at six foot eight um all i can say is i really think that josh mcdaniels would do a lot in that offense with someone that size that speed he's i mean he's basically a mini darren waller and I, it's weird to say and if yeah. they take him at pick 100 you know you're never going to hear the end of it they basically traded darren waller for darren waller if it so happens but i think i think that i really like the pick of zach hunts he fits so well so does sam laporta um yeah. Obviously, I mean, my dad's a huge Notre Dame fan. I like watching Notre Dame. Obviously, I love Michael Mayer, but you just can't reasonably take a first round tight end. Right. I- I'm in on that with you as well. I just I don't see it happening. I don't see the Raiders trying to pursue that in the first round. What could happen, though, I wonder, is how the quarterbacks are going to shake out. Do you have any take on how the top five between Hendon Hooker and Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, we know the players. How do you feel like the order will go with those five? I think, see, it's tough because part of me really wants to think that Bryce Young is the first overall pick. And it makes a lot of sense. He's the best quarterback in the class. But at the same time, I get like this weird feeling that the Panthers are trying to get the Texans to trade up to one. So so for Bryce Young, but the Texans are realizing that and they're saying, yeah, we don't want a quarterback. It's, I don't know. It, maybe it's not true. Maybe it is. We'll probably never know. But I think it's, I still think it's probably going to be Bryce Young first overall. And in that case, I think the Texans would be dumb to pass on C.J. Stroud. Um, I don't think this is a massive drop-off between them. And then I, I think Anthony Richardson is going to fall a little bit. I think Will Levis is basically a lock to the Colts, as bad of an idea as that probably is. Um, but see, I at the same time, I could see Seattle at what are they five just taking yeah. Anthony Richardson because he's not, I mean, he's not anywhere comparable to Russell Wilson coming out of college, but right. they're, I mean, Pete Carroll has never taken a first round quarterback, but I, I just think a guy like Anthony Richardson changes that maybe the lions take one. Um, Anthony Richardson's really the wild card. It depends where he goes. If the Texans value him or the Colts value him, then Will Levis is going to f- slide down the board. But I just don't think I don't think the Raiders take a quarterback either. Like I just don't see with all the needs on the roster, especially on defense, them going in for a guy who can't start day one. If it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, sure. But at the same time, you don't pay Jimmy Garoppolo all this money over the next two years to then have your first round pick sit for two years. It just doesn't really make the most sense. I'm cool with like a guy, you know, Jake Hayner, Aiden O'Connell even maybe Dorian Thompson Robinson, like that fourth, fifth round range. Cause that, you know, that's better value. You can find a backup quarterback then, but yeah. here taking Henry Richardson over say like, you know, Defon Witherspoon, that's just a tough, that's a tough one to do. Right. Crazy stuff. And I'm so on the edge of my seat waiting for draft day, waiting to see how this all shakes out, especially 
for the Raiders. If you had a wish list at seven, what is it? It's it's gonna be Devon Witherspoon first. I mean, I, I love Devon Witherspoon. And then probably Jalen Carter. I think there's a small scenario where Will Anderson falls, but I'm not going to include him with the yeah. three. Probably then Tyree Wilson, and then that's probably probably Christian Gonzalez. As long as it's not an offensive lineman, I'll <laughs> no Pete Skaronskis or Paris Johnson's here. <laughs> I, Skaronski might fall like a lot. Okay, into the back end of the first round, and uh-huh. it, it makes sense though because like he's he's not big enough for tackle. Like the arm length is a problem. Um, yeah, 30, 30 inches, thirty-two. Right? I think 32, it's okay. It's one and a quarter inches shorter than. Uh, what Rashawn Slater was and okay. the talk over him having to move to guard. Um, but I think it just has to happen with Skaronsky and, you know, moving, he's never played guard and it's hard to take a guy in the first round who you're like, all right, yeah, we're taking you. Not only are you moving from left tackle, you're also going to guard. So it's just, it's a tough mix there, but he's also an athletic freak. So. And yeah, that's what makes it so interesting, isn't it? Like how do those small things matter to different teams? What are they really looking for? And we'll never know exactly. You might have a better idea than I, because you do the recruiting analyst work. You're doing all of these uh, scouting type you know, profiles on people. You do that with TWSN underscore on Twitter. And <laughs> I appreciate uh, your time and all of that. Just tell me, what is the life that, that you live like looking and doing all the analyst type work and, and the scouting type work that you um, do? It's really fun. Like I, I never really imagined that I'd be 19, like doing all this. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's difficult too. Cause like, you know, I, I'm in college, I'm double majoring, I'm working for a football team and I like writing, you know, it's just, there's a lot, but it's so much fun. And it's just kind of like a, it's just a different way to express like football. Cause like after I stopped playing football, I didn't want to be like out of football completely. Yep. So this was just gave me like a new route to like learn different aspects about it. That is great stuff, man. What do you double major in? If you don't mind sharing. Uh, business and criminal justice. So. Oh. Wow. You're entirely busy with a lot of things. And <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time here to join me on the show. Thank and that's you. Tristan Kuhn. You can follow him at Kuhn Tristan, Tristan with the E. My son's name is Tristan, but it has an A. So <laughs> I think my dad named me after a movie or something. It's like Legends of the Fall or whatever. Well, Tristan, thanks again for coming on today. Really appreciate your time. And we will be back with another episode on Takeaways. Make sure to give us a follow at Vegas Nation. And all three shows we have every week are found right here. So hit subscribe wherever you follow Vegas Nation. Thank you so much for the time and have a great day. Thank you. Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up.